Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. everybody welcome back to another episode of believe in the punch podcast i'm your host karate cam and today we not only have one but two guests on the podcast so this is going to be an awesome episode we get to talk about a new combat sport something that's not been on the podcast before in boxing so i'm really looking forward to that but before we jump in i wanted to reflect really quick on the event that happened last weekend uh, which was the first Premier League event, first Karate One series event that has happened since COVID took place, which is extremely exciting news. In like seeing everybody come back to action, you know, naturally you see the the charts and the brackets, everything that comes up. And not only being a practitioner but a fan of the sport, I was like, man, I think this person's gonna do this, and I was guessing what's gonna happen. It made me essentially want to bet on who's gonna do what. Obviously, because I couldn't be there this time, I wanted to try to be a part of the action somehow, which brings me to today's first sponsor in Bet Online. Bet Online is a great online bet sports book that allows you to bet on anything related to almost anything. <laughs> right now, they have different bets going on for where Russell Wilson will end up next season in the NFL or who's going to win the NBA title. And even things as who's going to win in King Kong versus Godzilla, the movie. We're talking about all aspects, all traits, all genres here. Bet Online Sportsbook is great. And if you head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up, you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So it's happening, sports are moving, and hopefully we can get karate onto BetOnline soon, but it'll be great. So go check it out, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, without waiting any longer, let's jump into the episode. You guys know how it starts. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. As I mentioned before, we have two guests today on the podcast. We have the main character and the director of the movie Suffer for Good. Suffer for Good is a documentary that essentially follows the amazing story of Seb Zadi, who was an Ethiopian boxer who was supposed to go to the Olympics back in the 1980s, but his dreams were cut short after governments and national bodies were not in correlation with each other, which led to overall disaster. Seb now finds himself living in LA, actually very close to the same stadium he was supposed to walk the opening ceremonies in. He is now a coach for boxing, both recreationally and at the professional level, and helps MMA fighters as a striking coach. Now, director Danny Simmons then comes in as someone who followed his career up until this point and a triumphant return back to the ring. Listen in how we talk about how martial arts and boxing has shaped his life and all the values and things that he took away from the sport are things that now he gives back to not only himself in his day-to-day life, but his community as well. Enjoy episode eight, everybody. 
another episode of Believe in the Punch. I'm your host, Karate Cam, and today's guests are very special in highlighting a different combat sport. We have a boxer who has a very amazing story that we're going to cover, but we're highlighting a specific documentary. Today, we have the boxer himself and Coach Seb. I call him Coach Seb, but Seb Zadi and the director of the film in Daniel Simmons. Thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and doing this. I, I'm, I'm excited because, you know, while, while my main sport is karate, I want to branch out into other combat sports and being able to highlight another high-level fighter and Coach Seb is, is, is something that I, I feel very privileged to do. So thank you for taking the time, guys. Jumping straight into it, um, could you guys just break down? There's, there's this amazing story that, that, uh, that Daniel is highlighting through the format of a documentary. But uh, Coach Seb, could you go in and just, just break down what this story is about, what the whole film is about? This film is a true story, uh, based on true story. It's just how to be successful, how to be a great fighter. Uh, plus to accomplish your goal in life in the different situation you're uh, communication-wise, social lives, and uh, to pursue your goal, how to achieve your goal helps for a lot of people, and also to be a good fighter, and to pursue your goal to be a successful person in your life. It helps a lot for most fighters and other people too. There's a goal. The main goal is to how to achieve your goal by suffering for good. Yeah, for sure. And I and, and the name of this film is Suffer for Good. And I that that line when I first watched the trailer, it, it resonated with me in particular because as a fighter myself, you you have to go through that pain, that that suffering during those practices, long stretches of training, and then even the fight before the fight of like per se a weight cut or anything that you have to do when life comes up and then you suffer in its own way to come out with a really good result, you know, with the intentions of a good result. So that the name itself just resonated with me and, and honestly gave, made me excited, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. It just uh, very painful you have to go through. Uh, probably in karate, the one you're doing is uh, boxing is really tougher than karate. Sometimes you know, back in the day, uh, when you go to, for the amateur fight, um, you have to wait two times or the, one, the next day you have a fight, you wait to, today and you have to wait tomorrow for another fight. After the fight, if you win the fight, for the next continued fight, you have to cut the weight. And it was really painful, especially if you were overseas. I just, it's very tough. You gain about four or five pounds with six pounds easy after the weigh-in. Then if you win the fight, you have to wait to cut the weight about 60 pounds the same day it's just a painful it's just really really uh <laughs> tough uh if you are a boxer or a fighter i mean it's especially like you all of the level i mean you go through it anything that come through your life you pass it <laughs> right right and and um i mean we'll talk more specifically about what's going on but um there was there was something that you guys talked about. like there was a line i don't remember who said it in the trailer but once a fighter always a fighter right and that also stood out to me because that's but well, well, i mean a little bit of background about myself my parents are also and my whole family my parents and my sister are all karate athletes we all grew up in this kind of fighting with that fighting mentality and it it carries over to all aspects of life so so you you saying that it like it makes perfect sense to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's very true uh, just uh it is daily basis uh 
in our life and not only to be an Olympic athlete, daily our life, it doesn't matter. And physically or mentally, you have to fight. And I had a, uh, when I was in college, I had a teacher, so when you walk into the class, have you talked to yourself today? And some guys said, no, said, you're crazy. If you don't talk to yourself, you're crazy. So every day, <laughs> <laughs> so daily basis, you have to talk to yourself, especially if you're a boxer. Oh man, from what you eat, how are, how for, how long you're gonna run, how long you're gonna spar, how you're gonna do cut the weights, what you eat. It's daily basis you talk to every second. Even if you sleep, you do shadow box. I bet you do. I mean, when I sleep, I used to do shadow box. <laughs> all the time. So, yeah, you're punching yeah. and kicking stuff all right. the time. <laughs> well, let me let me let me switch it over to 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 Danny a little bit. What like where did you where do you fit into this whole puzzle and how did you come up on this like super amazing story? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so interesting. I, great question. And they, by the way, thanks for having us on cam. This is so cool. Uh, I, obviously huge fan of anybody who can do a nice kick. Come on. That's beautiful. Anybody who throws down and is creative, <laughs> which is obviously you and Seb. So it's beautiful. Seb, Seb and I met at Sony pictures where I was working and I was just, you know, a former athlete, trying to you know stay fit at lunch break and i saw him training some like kind of like amateur uh, mma fighters in our kind of our sony gym and these were guys who would they would train with the you know there's a place called pkg near our, our house and that's obviously where seb uh, started right uh, in the mma world with chad george who says that line once a fighter always a fighter so chad george uh was the guy who said that line and seb kind of got a start on a, a Netflix doc occupation fighter as a, a striking coach for him. But I came about and I just heard, you know, people hitting the mitts and I was just lifting and I took a class with him. And within five minutes, just the warm up, I thought I was, you know, I'm a pretty good athlete. I can pick up anything, you know, pretty, pretty much anything. And I was gassed. He was laughing at me. He was calling me the most uncoordinated guy in the world. And, and I mean, he was like, he was literally laughing his ass <laughs> off at me trying to do this and like arm circles and just, and then within another five minutes, he was slapping me with those long paddle mitts and hitting me and going, why don't you get your arm back? Come on, you pussy, you know, and hitting me. And, and, and uh, he probably wasn't saying that language, but you know what I mean? He, he, uh, it was, it was humbling. And also I remember just my brain was uh, in my mind, like you guys are saying, I was, there's just, I was running circles. I'm like, what is this? What, why can I not communicate my brain to my hands to do these things to get it back? So right off the bat, I, I was kind of intrigued also by his accent. And then right after that class, I said, where, where, where's your accent from? And he remembers me saying, are you from Cuba? <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, cause I, I was like, I know they're good boxers <laughs> from Cuba. I know, you know, Yasiel Puig just had his, his buddy, you know, they flew on a cigarette boat and they're great Cuban boxers. And he's like, no, I'm from Ethiopia. And then from there, I was like, I gotta know more about you. And we shot one day of filming. And on that day, I saw a guy who I used to go to high school with and that was his MMA, you know, his, his, his pupil, his prize pupil was Jared Papazian. I was like, I remember you from El Camino Real. How do I know you? And we, we put it together. Like we had a mutual friend. And then from there it was like, okay, this is meant to be. Right on. No, I, it, it literally worked its way out perfectly right? at that point. Yeah. And it, it's cool to me that like you invested yourself in truly trying to understand what boxing is, you know, like, I think that's a big thing that like, a lot of people in general don't do when whether it's you know an interview status like this or anything like that it's you, you have to immerse yourself within what you're trying to be in you know be a part of at least you know 
Um, and you talking about his accent, I think it's a perfect segue into to Seb talking about what like what is your upbringing? How did you even start <laughs> boxing? Like where what what was the desire for that? And I mean, like I remember hearing that like you moved over to the U.S. at a certain point, but what what made this whole train kind of <laughs> get going? Yes, uh, Danny and I, when we met uh, uh, at the Sony, uh, I just uh, really uh, chemistry just clicked in right away, and he, you know, he, he, I didn't know he was playing a baseball high level, and uh, and he said, "I'm a good athlete," and I just, I don't think you're a good athlete. <laughs> that told me he just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big athlete, but I'm not a good athlete. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, very interesting that day. And, uh, and Danny is just really, what makes me happy is about Danny is just his, uh, his decision, it just his determination, and just make me very happy. And I told him, I told him, I want to, uh, uh, you know, I had a plan to make a movie, but with somebody, but my documentary, my his story is very interesting. And, and the guy, he's not able to do it. It takes him quite over a year. And Danny, can I do it, Danny? Sure, why not? And Danny was teaching the MMA fighter the next day, and I, I, give, I give him the address. He showed up with the camera. I just, what the heck? Is, is this, this guy serious? <laughs> and we start doing it. Well, uh, to get back to the question, uh, just to be a boxer, is, uh, I stopped boxing when I was a little kid when I was in Ethiopia. You know, YMCA, I used to go YMCA to play ping pong and soccer and basketball and all different kinds of sport. And uh, one of, you know, I was very good athlete. One of the coaches came to me and said, you're a very good athlete. I want you to choose one sport, which is that take you will take you to the Olympics. And if you continue that, you'll be success. Okay, our country was used to represent only three sports, and running and cycling and boxing. Only three sports, we can go to the Olympics. And and I said, I think about it to be a runner. I said, no, running is uh, it's not my sport. And bath <laughs> and the cyclist, and we just I can't afford to buy all those very expensive equipment, which is my income is not allowing me, my family is not allowing me, we don't have that much income. And I said, you know what, let me choose for by, by uh, boxing. And nobody you're gonna you're not gonna blame anybody. You buy your own, let me do it. And I started doing it with the, uh, when I was junior about about maybe six, seven, eight months, I became really good at it. And after six, eight months, I became a junior champion. They put me, they put me in a newspaper, one of the future Olympic boxers, they put me in a newspaper in Ethiopia. I just, wow, I just, it's amazing. I just keep on pushing it. And by 19, uh, uh, I believe 1983, and I became a, a national team and they, I became you know, the Olympic boxers in 1984, I just knocked out the main boxers that, that were good opponent on me. And I knocked both of them, knockout, I finished by knockout. And I became number one uh, Olympic team for my division, for my weight division. And always had dream to go to Los Angeles and to be a pro, turn professional boxer. That was my dream day and night, day and night watching Hollywood movies in Los Angeles. I went into that LA with my friends, everybody. And at the end, you know, we were caught. And just very, uh, everything shattered. But uh, between, before we get that point, I mean, it wasn't easy to be uh, 
to be an Olympic team. I, I probably here is more easier to be an Olympic team like you, <laughs> but in Africa, <laughs> camera is like yeah, it's a very tough, a bit tough, very tough. sure. And plus, we don't have enough diet. We don't have any and a consultant. We don't have any weightlift coach. We don't have any conditioning coach. We have only one coach. That coach helps you for everything. And here, as you just have everybody at all direction, they have different coaches, but one coach helped us to be unsuccessful. And really, we suffered during that time. I didn't give up. I had so many obstacles on that time when you watch a movie, you will see it. And really, really uh, focus. You know, like in a horse, when you ride a horse, you know, you guard it, not to see left and right because you're going to scare. So just like that, we had so many opportunity to go a different direction, but I focus on to be in Olympic teams and I achieve it. And it God helped me to get to, through it. I ended up in Los Angeles. It just, it's amazing. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just happened to work out in a different way. So, I mean, like, if I'm not crossing any lines, what, what happened for everything to potentially fall through at that point in time for you not to go to the games? Yeah, and uh, this is uh, politics. I don't know how they involved with the politics, which is uh, back in the day in Soviet Union and uh, United States, they have, it's called Cold War, which is socialist countries and uh, Western countries. So our country was belonged to Soviet Union, which is big, our country become socialist. So we followed uh, Cubans, uh, uh, Russia, uh, Moscow, which is Soviet Union back in the day, and Cuban, Chinese, Holland, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, East Europe, GDR back in the day, it's called yeah, East German. All this country, they become united and they have their own Olympics. So we do not allow to participate, the Westerns. So this is Kuwarda, so they call them back in the day. So it's just a very, very uh, difficult for athletes that who've been working four years. Look at now COVID affects the Olympics. Back in the day, every four years, politics affects the Olympics. It just drive me nuts. It's just very, very sad. Uh, and we didn't participate, we didn't go to North Korea. We didn't go to, uh, we didn't participate in Montreal. And it's just so many uh, Olympics that, that we missed. The best athlete that we have, they didn't have any chance to compete, to, chance, to show their talent for the world. But this time, it's Soviet Union because boycott. So we didn't able to come to Los Angeles Olympic. That's very sad. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's sad because the Olympics is supposed to be the embodiment of sport, right? Everybody's supposed to have some sort of representation there from all sorts of countries, all sorts of backgrounds. And then mm-hmm. you're supposed to show your talents, as you've mentioned, to the whole world on the world stage in the Olympics. And it's, it's just sad to, to see that that was something that had to be restricted or was restricted at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then so then you, you end up in Los Angeles in a very different, in a not, I mean, not totally different, but a different format. And then like, where, where, where are you at now? I saw that within the, the trailer, you started training again, and then you're looking at getting back into actually fighting. Yes. Uh, very interesting. I, I like uh, in a movie, I passed so difficult times in my life. I got a stab with a knife and someone, and also I got injured. My heart is some kind of issues that I have, my heart problems. And uh, I had a good uh, person that who worked in, in America. His name is Dr. Rick Holtz. He's a, a medical, 
he worked in, in Ethiopia. He, he came down to research about uh, cardiology. He was a cardiology, now he does something else, but he's my hero and he, and I walked into his office and I told him and I was an Olympic boxer. I'm the one known boxer in Africa. So I didn't have a problem kind of help me. He said, sure, why not? And uh, he helped me and he sent me, uh, he sent all my document for the uh, America to have an open heart surgery. And, uh, and the, those uh, medical, uh, it was in Bethesda in Maryland, I believe. And they all will accept him, will take him. So I have two sisters that who lives in Los Angeles. They sent me TK. And I flew to back in 19, I believe, 87. And I had a surgery there. And uh, also I fixed all my snap and everything. It's uh, fixed and back to LA. And I ended up in LA you know, somehow. And that dream come through. My goal was to come to Los Angeles, but I ended up in Los Angeles in that way. Yeah, if you see the movie, we'll more explain to most definitely. Yeah, I just it's just very interesting. And like the, the God had already set out the path that you were going to make it to Los Angeles one way or another. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna I'm flip it back over to Danny a little bit. So like how man, I, I don't even know as far as like from a filmmaking standpoint, how do you capture the struggle, quote unquote, the suffer, right? The suffer for that everything that coach has been through to to get to essentially to this point. Yeah, I think the, the way we, we captured the, the pain and the, and the suffering is that, it, is that we could just kind of captured Seb in his element, right? Like he, he, he won't tell you this, but he would go by the Coliseum and take photos, right? So he told me that information maybe after a session, because there was about six months where we were, I was still training with him before I went full blown, like, I'm not going to do this boxing thing. I'm going to get back to the camera. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of chit chat and, you know, it's like a relationship. You, you slow play it, but it was like, okay, that's a moment. Let's go get a, you know, film you experiencing the Coliseum from outside. What does that feel like? And those were, that was one of the first days where we shot with uh, one of the camera operators and producer on the project, Luis Benjamin Del Guercio. So we shot that and it was just Ben, uh, Seb and I, and he's outside the Coliseum and can't get in. And that's just such a metaphor, right? These giant chain link fences or actually steel fences. And, and you see this beautiful Coliseum and we couldn't actually get in because it's locked and gated and secured. And so that shows a lot of the emotion that I think any athlete would feel not getting to experience, you know, the, the thing you train for, right? Imagine, imagine that. So I, I empathized a lot with that situation. And then some of it was just hearing about, you know, traumatic events in his life and saying, okay, well, we want to have you kind of confront those moments. We want to, you know, if your if your trauma is that you didn't get to experience the Olympics, well, then my goal creatively was like, well, let's get as close to the Olympics as we can so you can actually get that comeback. So it, it's so cool. And Seb's been a, he and I have been like, almost like a, it's, it, it's, he is still a coach, but it's like a friendship, father-son relationship where we're, pushing each other to go and experience these more painful moments. So that was, that was the genesis of, of getting him to eventually get back in the ring and, and have him see the, the, the Coliseum. We went there a few times and we were lucky enough to be, you know, to be graced by the Coliseum. They're like, we believe in the story. We want, we want Seb to get this kind of arc. And so we were able to go in there when it was all empty and, and run around and have a real cool experience filming at the Coliseum, which was cool.
Wow. No, that's, I think that's amazing. That's right. as far as both like a visual standpoint and like actually just being there as, as an athlete, you know, you, I, I, you, you just talking about that. I put my, yeah, exactly. I felt it. My butterflies, my heart rate started <laughs> going up a little bit, you know? And so like, how, but like, how do you, I, I guess like part two to that question is what do you look for as far as like when he's living his day to day life? Like, do you look to highlight, I'm sorry, do you look to highlight just like what his daily routine is in order to get back to that point? Or do you, are you looking for specific moments as well? Well, I think there's, it's, it's twofold. That's a great question. I think one, the day in the life of any person who's, who does something like Sab or like you do, right? The way in which an athlete or a specialist or a maestro does something, it, it kind of is from the feet up, right? How you tie your shoes, how you wrap your gloves, how you put them away, how you clean your things. It's next level, kind of like Denzel Washington in the, in the equalizer, right? Washing him do, washing the dishes. You're like, damn, he does the dishes so well. So part <laughs> of it was like getting Seb to, you know, see him as a father, like, oh, okay, that's cool. He's holding the mitts for his kids or watching him cook, uh, you know, dinner or even, you know, make an espresso or, or coffee tells you a lot and informs you a lot about the character. And then the other things were like these kind of more produced or, or story produced elements, which are, okay, so we have, this uh, obvious obstacle, which is Seb has a heart issue and a heart condition. Well, we need to somehow figure out how to get into Kaiser or whatever it is to film it and then get Seb to film it and, and not get kicked out or sometimes get kicked out. So there's all this stuff when you're making a documentary that's just like a fight there. You can have a plan, but once you go in, it's all out the window, right? You're just living in the moment. So same thing with, you know, capturing his, you know, his ultimate fight, you know, what is it like? What, you know, how are we going to stage this? And and create it but what with Seb it was just it was very organic we we found these moments you know going you know whether it's revisiting uh, his you know his father's grave and, and seeing what that was like and seeing um, the impact of his dad's death on his family and his sister and stuff like of that nature really was really poignant I think those stand out in my mind as what what the story is really about right this that you only lose when you quit right you know the family and the family is really at the end of the day we can have a sport, but it's about the experience of us as humans and, and the will to compete and over, you know, and overcome. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's like a very common theme throughout all combat sports, whatever it is, you know, and, and this is like, no, like no bet. There's, there's no better example of this than what we're talking about right now. And uh, so going back over to Seb, then like, what did you ever think was like, what, what made up, what did you think was most important in order for you to be a successful boxer as a younger individual? And then did those same thoughts come up now when you're training again, or was it like a totally, you had to wipe the slate clean. Everything I know of what, be, what a good boxer is has to be different for me now. Well, uh, number one, first question is to just to be in a great uh, successful athlete, uh, you have to discipline. And uh, it's just not easy to be disciplined. You know, especially boxing, and I, I don't know because I, I was a boxer. I mean, you cried it too. <laughs> but uh, uh, day and night, and I feel like guilty when not I'm not working out. Sometimes even I skip school. I don't go to school because I feel like I'm gonna lose a fight. That much I was addicted for the sport for the boxing, and. A daily basis, I'm, I don't want to eat this sugar. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat this. I have to run. I have to come my weight. I don't want to be over three, four pounds. 
from my weight division. I just start to, I'm, I'm gonna walk around four or five pounds over. Just start to maintain by itself, just daily life as you're fighting. And always I mentioned uh, one of a great marathon runner, friend of mine who was an Olympic team, he was a world champion. And I mentioned all the time for the, my fighters and all of my students. And we had a great um, experience running. Every morning we run about three and a half miles, but one, two times a week run high elevation, uh, about 10 kilometers and during a little hot weather situation. And, and to run that 10 kilometer were really tough. And five kilometers just up in the hill, the other five miles just like flat. And the, five, the first five kilometers is really tough. And it's really, I stop something in the middle. I, say, I walk sometimes. I had a great friend of mine in and I asked him, he's a world champion. How are you guys running 42 kilometers? Just kind of tell me. And he said, Seb, the first 20 kilometers, you run for your life. What do you mean? Yeah, the first 20 kilometers, people die. People get injured. People become paralyzed. Why? The first 300 runners, they put them in uh, the best runner, they put them in the first line. So as soon as we started, they, they shot the gun and the first, when they took off, they have the same speed. If you slow down, you get pushed, about a thousand people behind you, you don't have any time to get up. So they walk on you. People die, people go to a hospital emergency, so many people. So the first 20, 20 kilometers, you run for your life. And after that, 20 to 30 kilometers, you just spread out. And 30 to 35 kilometers, you suffer. So people give up. People, you know, they start walking. Some of them, they go to hospital. And that's the time that you suffer. You're not going to die, but just someone is holding you in a throat. Just like you, sometimes when you work out. And, and after 35 kilometers, you cruise. Your body used to it. You don't stop. The tiredness is gone. So that's why we came up also with the suffer for good. Is my coach used to tell me suffer, 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 and which is your passive. Most of us we give up, and when you suffer time, so that who wants to be a good boxer or a good athlete, they have to go through that suffering time. Most of us we don't like to suffer. We give up, and uh, that's that's the right number one to be a successful athlete. The second question that will have come up to, uh, to, to fight at the end after 30 years to get back to my office, it's just very, uh, you know, let's do the movie to make it beautiful. Let's do one more fight. And just say, that makes a great fight. And uh, the, our documentary is going to be great. Sure, why not? And I didn't work out. I just, I just walked in. And it just like, it was the process to be, to compete in a master division was like hell. You have to have good medical report, you have EKG, you have, they have to have echo and blood tests, so many tests that they do. So now after that, I just I go through it and then I just I, I did it for my energy for it's for fun. And then just to walk into the ring, I walk in it's it's very fun. And it, it's just very, very accomplishing. I love it. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Did you ever like get back into the same mind frame that you were in when you were training 30 years before? Like, did all of those things kick back in? No, definitely. Totally I just want to hit the back one before they, like one or two weeks left and I always hit the back. I'm trying to get the weight. Oh my God. It's just the body just doesn't want to do it. Your mental wants to do it, but the body is no. <laughs> but I go through. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It was, 
right? Was there was there anything specific that was was stuck in your brain that pushed you through those points, or was it just this is yeah, how it functions? Yeah, uh, running time it just makes me put my best situation. I hate running to be honest, and uh, I rather to do sparring instead of running. And I told my coach, "Let me run, let me jump rope." No, I want to run. So. The running, I pull myself, even when I jog now, I push myself to the limit. And running is the best to, uh, sport to be in a relationship, believe me or not. So uh, I pull myself to run that much, still the same symptom that I had when I used to run back in the day. Blood is coming to my mouth, just I, let me go through it. I do it. And I, just, I did it and just, you know, <laughs> I pushed myself to the limit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, as much as that is an amazing answer, I thought you were going to say Danny was running next to you and that's how you got through it. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'd, I'd give yeah. a little donut and some espresso, some scones in front of his face. You said he was, you said he was making the coffee. So I thought, you know, every, every mile or every yeah, 10K, right? 10 kilometers, a little espresso to keep yeah. going for the next a little, a little Ethiopian espresso, a little blueberry scone. Give him a little, his favorite. A little juice you know? in the box, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a little juice, you. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's another there's another point that comes out, too, that, that Danny, you mentioned about his son. You know, when I was reading the press release, like, there was something that said that, like, Seb's son is, like, the living embodiment of what his morals and philosophies are. So, like, explain, can you explain that to me a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, Matty is kind of, it's so cool when he's in the car, you'll see, when you see it, he, he talks about what is suffer for good and how do you apply that to all things in life, right? Not just boxing, not just karate, not just MMA or whatever. It's life, right? It, going through pain and adversity to get something that is a positive outcome and get a good result, right? And he breaks it down. Matty's like, listen, if you're suffering to study for this test, you know, and you go all night, that's suffer for good. You, you're going to get a better grade if you put in the work. You just have to put in the work. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to suffer for good. And, and then he starts saying like, hey, dad, no one teaches your your students like in your clients like you do. Why is it? Why do you make them suffer so much? It's like because because I because I went through pain, son, you know, and and in the same way, like the the, the total role reversal has been, you know, Matty's now going to college. He's you know grown up. He's, he was a varsity basketball player. So he and a really good student. Right. So he almost yeah. like a 4.0 GPA and he's He's working at, you know, Dollar General so he can help, you know, pay for some bills and, and, and do his own thing. So he's working, you know, the candle at both ends, burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. And I think that's kind of like really the tr true embodiment of like the American dream, in my opinion, right? Just working hard, grit, work ethic, and, and the idea that nothing comes easy. You have to hustle. You have to work hard. And, and Seb always used to say that to me as well. Nothing's going to come easy. This film's not going to be easy. He was right. It took me longer than I thought. You know, I thought it was going to be a two-minute short film. It's not just a two-minute short film. It's a feature with some podcasts at the end. Come on. Um, but, yeah, no, no. And, and so we suffered through it. We learned even just the learning how to do this from start to finish with uh, with a grassroots effort is, is, is similar to how, you know, Seb has taught his son. It's the same way we're all kind of like reflections of each other. But for sure, Maddie, like – he, he, whenever I see him on camera, I'm like, I cry, you know, I feel like he's partially like my, my stepson or something like that. But really, it's just so beautiful to see how Seb uh, trained his whole, all of his kids to be such good, uh, you know, pupils or students of the world. And, 
you'll see it. He even like, I mean, it's wild that he was talking about the election five years. We shot the, the footage like four or five years ago. And he was talking about stuff that happened in this election wow. and about votes and how pe- it was just like, whoa, it makes you blows your mind. So he's wise beyond his years. And, and same with Seth. Most definitely. And I mean, like, I mean, to 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 take it essentially to our last little piece here, Seb, like, I want to know what your core values are and and core philosophies, I guess, and go off of what Daniel was just talking about, talking about, about how like you, you push those things onto the people that you work with and your own family members, you know, and, and essentially use that again in, in the whole circle of things back towards your own progression of getting ready to fight again. Yes. <clears throat> It's not. It's not only for my my family. Also, at the same time, for my students, for my private clients, for my group classes, and people even come to talk to me, and uh, I try to help them. You know, they these people they, they uh, for some reason they tell me what they're passing through. Just, I didn't ask them, but they did. They, they tell they tell me that you know what they're passing. They have hard time. So when you talk to us, we get release. We get relief. Can you can you say something? You know, I told him what I passed through, and it's just you're way way better than counselor. Can you say something more? <laughs> and uh, it just keep going. So it just uh, the uh, nature of uh, fear, but you know, by you know, all of us who have a fear, anybody that who got doesn't matter how courage you are. When you the war comes, you have a butterfly. So we have to be able to pass that. And we have to be strong. We have to create our own ourselves. And especially in this time, we we have so many things that we're hearing with the media, the social media, all that kind of, we listen so many things, you know, interrupt us in our life, in our workplace. You, you know, you're on the Olympic team. You have so many politics in your team. And so you have to ignore that. You have to be able to connect yourself, not somebody else, to yourself, be yourself, and to be achieve your goal. And you have to focus like at the horse, you know, you just you have to guard yourself and just focus that and listen, come and listen yourself and talk to yourself to be achieve your goal and stay positive. And that's number one. And what you eat, number two, and how to take a rest. And that's the number to achieve a goal. Right on. And, and I mean, remember, if we're not talking to yourself, then yeah. you're the crazy yeah. one, right? Hey, tell that to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> That's it right there. Well, guys, I appreciate you being on here so much. This was amazing. And, and uh, I, I look forward to watching the film. It comes out in December, yeah, correct? It came out December 8th. So it's available now. Yeah, it's available oh, this- now. Yes, we're available everywhere. Suffer for good. Everybody that's listening, please go check it out. Please follow. I saw there's a Suffer for Good um, uh, Instagram account, and we're, we're everywhere. So please go support these guys just like you're supporting my podcast. This was amazing. Thank Very you guys good. so much for uh, talking about the story and, and, and being on here. So thank you, Seb. Thank you, Danny. I really appreciate it. Thank you, it. Jasper. I appreciate it. Good luck. Strike first, you. show no mercy. Thank you. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're punching cameras right now that's, Cobra that's Kai. It's, it's it's karate yeah. cam kai over here that's what... thanks for having us awesome thanks, thank you guys thank so you. much man 
What an enjoyable episode to record and what a great interview to conduct. Those two individuals are great. Also wanted to say that Danny has a podcast as well that is coming out soon. We'll be keeping everybody posted because I am also a guest on his podcast. But before we close out today, I also wanted to thank today's second sponsor as before, eBay Shoes. Everybody sells, buys, does everything with shoes nowadays eBay is becoming one of the best places to buy and sell authentic shoes as each sale has its own authentication individual who looks at pictures and analyzes creases, stitches, everything that needs to go for all you shoe nuts out there. So make sure you go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. I also wanted to take a second to thank everybody who's been downloading each and every single episode. That's how I keep track of what you guys like and don't like. And please feel free to reach out for anybody that you think would be great for this podcast. I'm all inclusive and I want everybody within the combat sport community to be represented. So thank you guys for listening to another episode. Please download. Please share. Let's get this thing going. Much love, guys. And we'll talk to you soon for the next Matt Chat. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.